You're listening to the teaching ministry of Discovery Church in Bristol, Tennessee. For more information about Discovery or for more free audio content, please visit discoverybristol.com. He is risen. Anybody else grow up with that? He is risen, indeed. Uh, I was talking with Scott um, Halsey a couple minutes ago, and he said, I was telling someone this weekend, you never know what we're going to be doing at Discovery, and he didn't even know that three minutes later, I'd be coming out in a prison outfit, and so I just chuckled, I was like, yeah, you're right, you know, you never know. Uh, so I'll tell you more about this in a second, but I wanted to share a story. Uh, so this has been a crazy year, and everyone has handled it differently, and for me, um, all of us have probably cracked at one point, right, under the stress, maybe that came out in anger, maybe that came out in tears, for me, me, it comes out in insanity, in pranks. And so um, I was at Walmart at kind of the intensity of everything, and, and the stress and stuff had just cracked on me, right? And so I checked out, and Sarah and the kids were out of town. I was by myself, and I went and looked at the pets, and I was like, oh, that one's cute, that one's cute. And then I got an idea. So I came over here, and I found a picture of my dog. I don't personally have a dog, we don't have a cat, we don't have any pets, but I found a picture of my dog online, and here's a picture of my dog, all right? I printed it off at Walgreens on a real photo to make it look nice, and I went and got a jar, and so I went to Walgreens, got a jar, a little loop of tape, and then I would head back to Walmart, and I bought something, and I pretended to be looking at all the, the contestants, and I put my little jar, and put the loop of tape, and put my picture on it, and, and I put it on the table, and here it is, uh, you have all, you got a couple dozen employees and pets, and then if we zoom in on the front corner, there's my dog. And so I just laughed at myself, thought it was so funny, and I walked off. No one else knew about it. It was just my own little joke. Um, it made myself laugh. And I went home. Sarah and the kids came home. Next day, they were at Walmart. And they, they came home, and they said they had gone to Walmart. And I said, hey, did you see the display of pets? And she said, yes. And she had a disproving comment. And I was like, she knows. And she, I said, did one stand out? She said, I saw that and told the kids, your dad's been here. And so she actually knew. I had not even told her that I was doing this. And she knew that that one was mine. And I said, well, did anyone put any money in it? She said, it's the fullest. <laughs> I won the cutest pet contest. I, had, I didn't put my name on it because I didn't want anyone to know it was me. I thought, you know, I lead a church. I don't want to, you know, mock their little contest. And so, um, I, but I won. People wanted to put, vote for the worst for the ugliest contestant. I don't know why they would have chosen the ugliest dog by far to win, but they did. That was the one they chose. And as I share that story, 2,000 years ago, the crowd chose the ugliest, the worst. And we look back and we're like, why would they choose that? But they did. And that's the part we're going to look at today. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and open it to Mark chapter 15. And we're going to look at a character that most people kind of just gloss over. We've heard of him. We know, we know that part of the story. It's in all the Gospels. But we never pay much attention to Barabbas. The one that the crowd chose, the ugliest, the worst of mankind. And they chose to set him free. And so that passage begins, chapter 15, verse 1. It says, very early in the morning, the chief priests with the elders, the teachers of the law, and the whole Sanhedrin made their plans. So they bound Jesus, led him away, and handed him over to Pilate. Are you the king of the Jews? asked Pilate. You have said so, Jesus replied. The chief priests accused him of many things. So again, Pilate asked him, aren't you going to answer? See how many things they are accusing you of? But Jesus still made no reply, and Pilate was amazed. 
At this point, Pilate knows this is just a a prompting from the the religious leaders. He knows that the charges against Jesus are false. He knows that they're not real. There's nothing substantial. There's not any reason to keep him in prison, let alone to crucify him. And so he's trying to figure out how can he get out of, of, of making a guilty verdict on this man that he knows there's nothing wrong without offending, without upsetting the religious leaders. And he comes up with this idea. Since now it was the custom at the festival to release a prisoner whom the people requested. A man called Barabbas was in prison with the, uh, with the insurrectionists who had committed murder in the, uh, in the uprising. The crowd came up and asked Pilate to do for them what he usually did. Do you want me to release to you the king of the Jews? Asked Pilate, knowing it was out of self-interest that the chief priest had handed Jesus over to him. But the chief priest stirred up the crowd to have Pilate, Pilate release Barabbas instead. Uh, Matthew even says that they started chanting, Barabbas, Barabbas, give us Barabbas. What shall I do then with the one that you call king of the Jews? Pilate asked. Crucify him, they shouted. Why? What crime has he, com- he committed? asked Pilate. But they shouted louder, crucify him. Wanting to satisfy the crowd, Pilate released Barabbas to them. He had Jesus flogged and handed him over to be crucified. Pilate thought for sure they would free this miracle worker. For sure they would free this man that was innocent of really any wrongdoing. For sure they would release this guy that didn't deserve to be here when they were compared to the murderer, compared to the insurrectionist, compared to the thief, Barabbas. Pilate presented these two choices. And just like they did at the ugly pet contest, or the cute pet contest, they chose the ugliest, the worst thing to offer. And they went with that. The crowd asked for Barabbas. Give us Barabbas. So it makes you wonder, who was Barabbas? Who was Barabbas? We don't know a lot about him. We don't know anything outside of the Bible. We don't know much about him other than what we see from Scripture. And when, when you take the different Gospels, there's a few things that we can come and find out about Barabbas. He was a notorious criminal imprisoned for murder and thievery. He was in with the insurrectionists, and this was a big deal because his punishment was a capital punishment of death because he was trying to overthrow Rome. Thirty years later after this scene, Rome and Israel, the Jewish people, would collide and they would clash, and Rome would come and take out the temple because there was this tension, this uprising. There was anger and frustration between the two. The people of Israel wanted to be free. They desperately wanted to break loose from the tyranny of Rome. And so there's constantly these little battles. There's constantly little uprisings. And this is what Barabbas was leading. He was leading an uprising, a rebellion of sorts. And and we find out that it's led to, this insurrection has led to a murder. Perhaps of a guard. Perhaps a situation that a guard got murdered in in the process of this riot. Either way, Barabbas and his companions have been arrested and are sentenced to death. Because it's a capital punishment to kill a Roman guard. It's a capital punishment to fight against Rome, to raise up against Rome. And so we know that he was a criminal. We know from another scripture that he's a thief. We know that he's not a good guy. He's a criminal. He's a sinner. Who is Barabbas? 
from his name. Uh, it can mean bar, which means son of, and, and some feel it's son of Abba, which is father. Some uh, also feel it's bar, Barabban, son of the teacher. Many think that he was a son of maybe a, a, a teacher of the law, a teacher of the Jewish tradition. That he grew up understanding the ideas of the Messiah to come. For a thousand years, for a millennial, God had promised that the Messiah would come, and he's come, he's grown up learning this from his dad, hearing this in his home, learning this in the temple. That the Messiah would come and we would overthrow. The Messiah would come and we would take over those that are holding us down, take over Rome. This was God's plan all along, but not the way that he was picturing it. God's plan was to bring, to set us free through his son, the Messiah. But it wasn't in a political party to overthrow Rome. It was to overthrow sin. It was to overthrow Satan. This was God's plan, but Barabbas had a different one. And so he's trying to take the plan into his own hands. Instead of following what God wants, he's trying to dictate to to follow his own plan, trying to determine it, and he's going to lead a rebellion. He's going to overthrow Rome. He's a son of a teacher. He's a criminal. Who is Barabbas? He was a partner in crime. Many believe that There was at least three insurrectionists. There was at least three thieves. There was at least three murderers. The other two hung on a cross the next day. See, Golgotha was prepared for three crucifixions that day. There was three crosses already. There was three spots for them. It was many believed that these guys were the ones meant to die. Barabbas is a man on death row. The day before his death. He was a criminal. He was a sinner. He's a man trying to follow his own plan instead of trying to follow God's plan. He was the worst and the ugliest mankind had to offer. A couple of weeks ago, I was watching a video uh, with my son Henry, he just turned six, and we were watching this video, and it's a video of Zach Williams. He's a Christian singer, and he's singing in a prison. He, did, he made this whole album in a prison, and he's singing in a men's correctional facility, and they're praising God, singing, No Longer Slaves. And it's, it's a powerful video. Uh, we actually have a little clip to, to show you. I uh, uh, encourage you to watch the whole thing sometime, but here's a little clip. watched that video with Henry. Henry asked me, he said, what are those guys wearing? What's it say on the back? He's, he's learning to read and he knew those letters meant something. And I said, it says inmate. And he said, well, why, why are they wearing that? And I said, let me tell you. It's because they're guilty. All those guys are in prison. They've committed a crime and, and a judge has sentenced them and they're there for say, maybe some of them a short time, maybe some of them their whole life. And he said, well, why are they wearing that outfit? And I said, because that's a way that they can say this person is guilty. 
It's a way that they can't fight and tell the difference between each other, that it's just in a mass group of people that are guilty of committing a crime, guilty of a sin. It's, it's a way to humble the inmates, that every morning when they wake up, they're reminded of the, what they've done wrong. That every time they look in the mirror, they're reminded of the mistakes they've made. And I said, but I don't know if you know what those guys are singing, but they're singing that they're no longer slaves. They've been set free. And he said, what do you mean? I said, well, they're not free from the prison, but they're free from their sins. Jesus died and rose again to set them free. And those men are singing worship songs. Those men believe in Jesus. And even though they, they made a mistake, even though they committed a crime, it doesn't mean that their eternity isn't set and they are free. And so we talked a little bit about it, and then he went on and, and played with his toys. And, and it just got me thinking as I came back the next day working on this Easter message, this is what Barabbas would be wearing. This is what Barabbas uh, should have been wearing is a suit that told everyone he's an insurrectionist. A suit that told everyone he's a criminal, he's a murderer, he's a thief, he's a sinner. A suit that told everyone that he is a bad person, that he is the worst that when he'd wake up, he would see it and be reminded of his mistakes, be reminded of the rebellion, be reminded of the riot. When he'd be chained to the wall next to these two other partners in crime, that he would be reminded of their sins as he saw their jumpsuits. This is Barabbas. And the people chose Barabbas. Makes you wonder, why? Why would they choose that guy in the jumpsuit, the guy that's committed crimes, the murderer? Why would they choose that guy? And then more importantly, when you look deep in the story, the people weren't the only ones that chose Barabbas that day. God did. When Pilate stood there presenting the choice between Barabbas and Jesus, God chose to allow them to choose Barabbas. God chose to let Barabbas be set free. He could have set Jesus free in so many ways. As you look through the scripture, he could have brought down fire like he did for Elijah. He could have broke the chains like he did for Peter. He could have caused confusion and escape like he did for Paul. There were so many ways that Jesus could have been set free. So many ways God could have allowed him to go. But instead, God chose Barabbas to be set free and Jesus to die on the cross. God chose the worst and the ugliest that humanity had to offer and sacrificed his perfect, unblemished son. That is the message of Easter. And why did he do it? Because Barabbas couldn't free himself. There's nothing Barabbas would have been able to do to set himself free. There's nothing Barabbas could do to avoid the, the certain death, to avoid the consequence for his sins. That was waiting the next morning up on that cross. The only way for Barabbas to be set free was by God's hands through the works of Jesus' death on the cross. And Jesus takes his place. And they set Barabbas free, and, and I don't know what Barabbas did. Maybe he hightailed it out of town in case they changed their mind. Maybe he went to the local tavern. Maybe he went and found his fellow crime buddies. Maybe he was just in awe. And he's wondering, what just happened? 
And throughout the next day, he's watching from a distance and he sees this hillside with his two companions, his partners in crime, the people that he's had, he's had drinks with, the people he had plans with, and they're dying. They're getting the right, the right uh, consequence for their actions. And in the middle, it's the guy that did nothing and took his place. Jesus is on Barabbas' cross. So you see this. Who is Barabbas? He was a sinner. He was someone that tried to take things in his own hands. He was, he was free. He was forgiven. Barabbas was you and me. Each one of us is Barabbas. Each one of us is guilty of crimes, guilty of our sins, guilty of trying to do things in our own way and not follow God's plan. Each one of us is guilty of this. Each one of us deserves to be up on that cross. Each one of us deserves to suffer for our sins. But instead, God chose Barabbas. Instead, God chose you. Instead, God chose me and set us free. And Jesus, in Mark 15, it says, with a loud cry, Jesus breathed. His last. And then three days later, Jesus rose. Three days later, Barabbas is not only set free from that day on the cross. If Barabbas gave his faith into Jesus, if he gave his life to follow this Messiah, Barabbas is set free from his sins for eternity. You and I are set free because of what he did three days later. And so it's Easter, and the question isn't who is Barabbas, but maybe the focus is who was Jesus. Jesus was the unblemished lamb. He was our sacrifice. Jesus was perfect. He was holy. Jesus was a miracle worker. Jesus was pure. Who is Jesus? Maybe the question is even who is Jesus? Jesus is grace. He is mercy. Jesus is love. He, Jesus is healer. He's redeemer. He is truth. He is strength. He is comforter. He is powerful. Jesus is the alpha and omega, the beginning and the end. Jesus is Messiah, and Jesus has risen. Isn't that wonderful news? Three women go to the grave that Sunday morning to mourn the loss of their friends, to mourn the loss of their Savior, and an angel is there, and he says, don't be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus, the Nazarene, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. And so I tell Henry that those men are set free, that they might have this, uh, this outfit proclaiming and reminding them of the crimes they've done, but their sins are washed clean. Because of what Jesus did, they are set free. Because for God demonstrated his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Christ died for Barabbas. And as Barabbas, if, if he gave his life over to the Lord, what happened to Barabbas' sins? What happened to all that Barabbas had done? It was washed as far as the east is from the west. It says, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and of death. And so Henry asked me, why are they wearing those outfits? I told him, because they're guilty. They're guilty of our sin. They're guilty of our crimes. 
And because of Jesus, they're no longer guilty. That, they, that Barabbas could have taken this off and be set free. Because of what Jesus did on the cross, they no longer have to look every day in the mirror and know that they have made mistakes. Because of what Jesus did on the cross, we don't have to constantly be reminded of our sins and, and the mistakes we've made. Because of the cross, our sins are taken east from the west. Because of our cross, because of what Jesus did on the cross, our sins were placed there on the cross. Because of what Jesus did, we are able to exchange our guilt, our sins, our punishment. We are able to put on grace and mercy. We are able to put on forgiveness and salvation. We are able to put on eternity with Jesus in heaven and to leave our cross, to leave our sin, to leave our pain, our guilt, to leave all that on the cross. We are Barabbas. And God chose Barabbas. God chose you. God chose me. And he gave his son to die for each one of us. And if this is, if you have not accepted that truth, then I want to encourage you today to do so. Let this Easter be the time that you proclaim, my sins are up on the cross, and I'm taking on forgiveness. I'm taking on grace. I'm taking on mercy. And if you've already accepted that truth, then I want to ask you to join me in worship and praise that it is finished. One of the final words Jesus said as he breathed his last breath was he cried out, It is finished. This battle from the beginning of time between God and Satan, it is finished. This battle of having tried to work our way to heaven and throughout the Old Testament, it is finished. All that, it is finished. And for you and me, our sins are up on the cross because... It is finished. If you'll stand with me, let me pray over you. But first, together, let's repeat those words that God said. It is finished. Lord, we thank you that it is finished. We thank you for your death on the cross and, and that our sins are left there. God, we thank you that we are now covered in your grace forgiveness, in your mercy, in your love. We are covered in salvation. We are covered in eternity with you. God, we thank you that our sins are left, 